0: Why is it that the Kanchi Shankaracharya got attacked? Why is it that Pejavar Swami got attacked? Why is it that Jeer Swami got attacked? And of course, we all know Swami Nityanand. why did he get attacked? This show takes you behind the scenes, tells you the important social work being done by these four major swamis in South India, for which they were attacked by people who do not like that kind of social work to be done. They were helping the Dalits, they were helping underprivileged communities and because the Breaking India forces would rather not have those problems solved and the Breaking India forces are co-opting these social people, these uh, Dalits, they attack these four gurus. That's a major story which hasn't been told adequately. So please watch this. Each segment covers one swami and in the end I will give you my important message on how the Hindu community needs to come together. Namaste. I want to discuss an important controversy, an important issue to wake up our people uh, which people hear about here and there but not in such an organized way. Our major gurus in India are being attacked and persecuted by people who don't want them to continue the work they are doing. And in particular gurus who are very successful in working with underprivileged communities like Dalits, uh, places where there is poverty, places where they need a lot of social economic help. Gurus who are very successful in addressing these problems are particularly attacked. So, the, the strange thing is on the one hand we are told we are not doing enough for these people and on the other hand those of us who stick their neck out and spend many years and lot of resources and energy helping these people get attacked. Why they are being attacked is because the, there are certain forces that I have called Breaking India forces that are very jealous. They want to take control of the underprivileged Indians and use them as ammunition as weapons against, uh, against the dharma and against the, the nation. So, those gurus who say we will go to these poor villages and start helping them get attacked. False cases are made against them allegations are made against them, all kinds of sensational media. And this sort of, this is, this kind of work is being done by NGOs that have been foreign funded, many of them. And the media plays a role. So, there is this whole extreme left playing this kind of a role. This is the Breaking India Nexus with lot of sepoys at work. So, today we are going to talk about four such cases, four prominent uh, uh, gurus, So, the first example will be Kanchi Shankaracharya. The second example will be the Pejavar Swami who has a very important mutt. Uh, The third example will be Jir Swami and the fourth example will be Swami Nityanand. Now, what's important is that they come from very different sampradayas, very different uh, perspectives within the dharma. Uh, As we know, uh, 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 you know, Kanchi Shankaracharya is Advaita Guru very important well-known Advaita Guru. Uh, Pejavar Swami is Madhva Madhava-Dvaita Guru. He has a, a, a Sampradaya of, of, uh, from there. Uh, Jir Swami promotes uh, Ramanuja's uh, Sri Vaishnavism, the vicious Advaita, the qualified dualism. And Swami Nityanand is actually very eclectic. He embodies all these views uh, but prominent in the way he is bringing back the agama For evolution of humanity and evolution of consciousness, so you know these are four important acharyas, important gurus, important swamis. They all happen to be in the south, where the problem is particularly acute. But we could also illustrate with similar cases elsewhere in India. Now, to help me, uh, I I have a I have an expert who's done research in this area. He is in Chennai, and we are here on Skype. I want to welcome Surendranath ji. Surendranath Chandranath is a software engineer based in Chennai. Welcome to my show Surendranath ji. Namaste sir. Namaste. Thank you for
1: having me on your show.
0: Uh, it's an honor. I came across your book. Uh, the book is called Udipi Iftar Controversy uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, that is one of our examples. So, um, uh, this book and, and what he is writing and what he is talking is very important. Uh, so, I invited him to develop this, help me develop it with some research and turn it into a full episode. So, I am glad that uh, we are working together. So, uh, let's go through the four cases. The first example is Kanchi Shankaracharya. So, uh, Surindranathji, tell us uh, what, what what is going on, what is the outreach. Uh, I think each case uh, we will go through first a little bit about why the Swami is very important. Uh, then what is his outreach with the Dalit community? Uh, then how he is being persecuted as a result of that uh, uh, by the breaking Indian excesses. So, please, please continue.
1: Uh, as we all know, the Kanchi Shankaracharya has a long track record of uh, leadership both in the spiritual as well as the social realm for all people uh, uh, across India, across all communities. Uh, we'll specifically look at the work and the outreach he has done for uh, people from the Dalit communities, especially in Tamil Nadu. Uh, he has, uh, uh, he has uh, broken a critical stalemate. In 2002, he actually offered worship at a temple where the priests are Dalit and in a region which had seen a lot of uh, uh, conversions of Dalit people by various forms of coercion and by inducement. And he has reached out in such a way. And again, uh, he has given, uh, he has frequently visited Dalit localities, Dalit villages, and uh, met them, spoken to them. And along with that, he has also been instrumental in helping Dalit people get on their foot by forming organizations and giving them a forum to actually gain. Uh, social strength and social dignity of their own uh, by themselves and uh, for themselves uh, so this uh, this is one example of the uh, kind of, these are these are several examples of the kind of uh, uh, dalit outreach that he has uh, done. Uh,
0: so in the first slide uh, what I guess what the point being made is that he broke uh, a certain practice, where the Dalits felt they were not uh, included uh, and he went to them uh, and uh, ma- personally visited them, brought them into the fold, gave them equal status uh, and, and uh, so this is the point of the first slide, I guess.
1: That is correct, sir.
0: So, now tell us, so tell us uh, what is happening here.
1: Along with premier visits and outreach to uh, Dalit communities and neighborhoods, the mutt directly has organized medical assistance. Uh, they have uh, they have the MUTS organization has helped in disaster relief, and uh, they have also set up educational as well as uh, uh, as well as medical institutions, which provide medical help and uh, you know good quality and low cost uh, education for people from all communities and uh, without any. Uh, uh, as is commonly believed, uh, uh, without any uh, uh, any kind of discrimination between people and children from different uh, backgrounds, children of all backgrounds are accommodated and treated the same in the uh, schools and uh, colleges which uh, the MUT uh, uh, runs. And in fact, uh, uh, one of their uh, medical services, the, uh, the Hindu Mission Hospital or the Kanchi Kamakoti Child's Trust Hospital, has done signal service in medical assistance to, uh, to people and, uh, you know, patients from underprivileged uh, segments of society.
0: Tell us about this musician uh, that he is uh, he's honoring and, uh, uh, you know, all the background of this musician. And what it signifies. Yes. Uh,
1: if you look at this picture here, there is a common misconception that uh, people who are not Brahmin are treated differently at the Kanchi Mutt from people who are Brahmins. Here we are seeing uh, the music composer Ele Raja, uh, who is actually a very dharmic, uh, very religious person, uh, and uh, who happens to be of uh, Dalit Christian heritage. His background is set as a Dalit Christian, which uh, which he himself does not uh, deem to be of much consequence. And the Shankracharya himself does not uh, deem to be of much consequence. All that matters is uh, his devotion and his true belief and faith. And uh, here we are seeing a private audience uh, that uh, Ileraja, Mr. Raja, has with uh, the Shankracharya and he is performing certain uh, uh, bhajans and religious songs uh, for the Shankaracharya.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, so this gives us a little bit about uh, the kind of work he's done. Now, tell us how and why people have persecuted the Shankaracharya of Kanji.
1: Um, I can probably talk to uh, first uh, how the how there was a lot of uh, persecution and harassment of the uh, Kanji Shankaracharya and then we can uh, probably i can talk a bit uh, about the possibilities why they actually engaged in such a uh, behavior um, if we go back in 2004 there was a murder of a person called shankar raman who was the manager of the varadaraja perumal temple it was a shocking murder because the murder actually happened in the premises of a temple and uh, Based on, uh, based on circumstantial evidence or, the, or uh, suspicion of evidence, uh, the Kanchi Shankaracharya, both the junior and the senior pontiffs were included as uh, possible accused uh, and uh, they were included. and uh, uh, we all know about the way in which they were arrested and they were treated and arrested and jailed and treated. Uh, what we want what, I'm, what I want to focus on, and I think behavior, uh, I,
0: I think people should be reminded they were arrested on Diwali day. Yes. and the Jas uh, government just, did that. and there were certain people behind the scenes who were well-known Hindus who uh, allegedly played a role in uh, making this happen uh, out of general uh, je- jealousy, rivalry or whatever. So let's continue. yeah.: Yes.
1: Uh, if we go to this period and the kind of behavior the uh, press in general uh, engaged in and less known to the public, uh, general public outside of Tamil Nadu the kind of behavior the Tamil press engaged in. Uh, so uh, there was, uh, first of all, there was one particular instance of a murder in which the Shankaracharyas, both the junior and senior, were included as possible suspects. And there, around this, there was a trial by media in which unrelated cases uh, were dug up stories were dug up, lurid stories were uh, published, and uh, there was a, in general, there was a media frenzy that occurred. So, uh, we just take a couple of examples of uh, an individual called S. Anand, who used to write in Outlook India, and who is currently a publisher of a, uh, of a, of a uh, publishing house called Navayana. Uh, this gentleman claims to be a crusader for Dalit rights, and at the time, this person really wrote a lot in Outlook, much of which was uh, pretty scurrilous writing. And uh, there, were enge- there were accusations There were in total, there were about five or six other cases which were added on. And out of those, one of those cases, there was found to be no prima facie evidence, and the case was dropped. In, of course, the Shankaraman murder case, the murder case itself, all the accused were acquitted of all charges and the other few cases which were just dug up and uh, you know uh, published all over the papers the dailies and the magazines they were never even taken up for prosecution not even a charge sheet was filed nevertheless so, so, the damage was done
0: yeah so uh, i want to say that uh, uh, this persecution shook up the whole hindu community worldwide okay uh, and, and i remember this very well when it happened uh, i have personally met Uh, the Kanchi Shankaracharyas, both of them, the senior and junior, have a huge regard for them. They are extremely profound and wise and very practical in helping society. Uh, I had a, I have a long interview uh, uh, in my uh, dialogue with the masters series uh, with the Junior Shankaracharya uh, where he explains his vision, all his programs uh, all over India, uh, internationally to help humanity very, very socially active. Uh, I don't know why such people did not, don't get the Nobel Peace Prize while Mother Teresa does. Uh, and not that Nobel Peace Prize should be our criteria for greatness. I mean, that's just the uh, western uh, reward. But the point I am making is that even our government uh, looks at western recognition like Mother Teresa got as a sort of uh, gold standard of uh, who ought to get the Bharat Ratna and who ought to get all kind of r- uh, recognitions. When in fact traditions from within the soil that have been around for a very long time are doing far greater work. So, I was very impressed with, with the Shankaracharya in our conversation. And then after the conversation ended on camera, we continued talking and he gave me a lot more detail. So, this is a very, this is a very clear case uh, of somebody who is an, achieving an enormous amount for our tradition and being, uh, being uh, persecuted. Uh, exactly because he is being so successful. So let's move on to the second one. Uh, the uh, Pejawar Swami uh, example is an, another important one. So give us that example, please. Uh,
1: the Pejawar Swami is the current uh, pontiff of the Pejawar Mutt, one of the Dvaita Mutt's. And uh, he has a very long and illustrious uh, pontiffhood of almost 80 years. And he is uh, uh, a saint of, um, of, of more than 80 years in age, and from his life story, we get to find out that right from the time he has assumed his position as the Swami at Pejavar, as the Mathadipati at Pejavar, he has been very, very eager and very sincere in reaching out to Dalit people, especially. In fact, in one of the early 70s, he has actually spoken out very strongly against untouchability at a Hindu Parishad uh, Sammelan, and publicly embraced a Dalit person who, who also happened to be an IAS officer, but publicly physically embraced a Dalit person just to prove the point that it is extremely wrong to practice untouchability. He has reached out to, he has visited Dalit villages. He has actually he has performed the uh, Vaishnava Diksha, which is a form of uh, ordainment for lay devotees in the Madhva Sampradaya, and he has performed it for people from all backgrounds, all communities, and uh, here actually we are seeing uh, him performing this diksha for a person from the Dalit community in the premises of the mutt itself. Here in this, uh, uh, in another cases he has visited, it is not just a question of visiting hamlets, and uh, 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 he has gone into their homes, conducted pujas in their homes and bless them at in their home. Uh, so, uh, to uh, maybe to uh, give a context to people who may not be fully aware of the context, to have somebody like the Pejawar Swami visit your home is one of the greatest honors that you can receive. I mean, uh, I know people who are of uh, a certain age, they can still remember when their uh, particular Guruji visited their house even 50, 60 years down the line, and they would even not even sell their homes, the houses, even though nobody was living there, they would not sell it just because the Guruji had visited it some 50 or 60 years. To be able to get that kind of recognition for somebody from a Dalit hamlet is a phenomenal act of empowerment. Within the Hindu, uh, uh, within the Hindu Sampradaya and within the Hindu fold, it gives them an enormous sense of dignity and pride and empowerment which uh, the Pejavar Swami, to his, uh, to his credit, has, uh, I mean, I don't know, I am nobody to give him credit, but which he has done. So, uh, here we are seeing uh, the Swami, the people whom the Swami is visiting are actually from among the most marginalized communities, uh, which are the, uh, who work in, uh, in corporations, in municipal corporations as uh, conservancy workers, cleaning the roads and so on so he has visited their houses so you are seeing uh, some pictures there
0: so uh, surendra so yes. uh, this is this is uh, this, this slide sort of summarizes some of the reaction uh, against pejawar swami for all this great work that he's done so tell us what is going on uh,
1: last year there was an uh, a particular uh, agitation called the chalo udupi agitation in karnataka uh, this chalo udupi agitation in karnataka was uh, had was supposed to harness the anger of the Dalit people against the uh, discrimination that they were facing and the focus of this agitation was the Udupi mutt uh, and the basis uh, of uh, focusing on the Udupi mutt was uh, certain false accusations of discrimination against Dalits in the mutt and uh, the face of the Chalo Udupi movement was a certain gentleman called Prasad and uh, he had derived inspiration from the very successful Chalo Una movement in Gujarat, which was led by yet another gentleman called Jignesh Mewani. Now, Jignesh Mewani and Prasad, these two gentlemen, are the faces behind these agitations. Mr. Mewani is connected to and is a protege of a gentleman called Martin Makwan, who runs a trust called Surgeon in Gujarat, and uh, who has, uh, which is heavily funded from abroad, and uh, he runs other organizations called uh, Dalit Foundation, where there are people uh, across India uh, uh, who, who are working. And some of these people on the, on the board of the Dalit Foundation are working in sensitive regions of India. Uh, and this person called Prasad, he was picked up by the Indian Writers Forum, a group based in Delhi. And he was uh, mentored by them. Uh, to engage in uh, activism, and the Indian Writers Forum includes a gentleman circle gentleman called Lawrence Liang. This person, uh, Lawrence Liang, has been associated with the Soros Open Society Foundation
0: uh, in the past. Is it relevant to point out that uh, that uh, Martin Mccawan uh, works as a Christian proselytizer?
1: I think so, yes. It is uh, particularly relevant that Mr. Maquan works as a Christian proselytizer. Yeah, because that's an important detail uh, I
0: think we, we can't miss out, you know. Uh, he not just a Dalit activist, there is nothing wrong in that. We want Dalit activists. We want people who are helping the underprivileged. But he is doing it as a Christian proselytizer, uh, very heavily funded from overseas. So, the issue is, as I see it, uh, the issue is that this uh, Chalo Udupi movement was fronted by two people who are heavily connected behind the scenes with foreign funded NGOs and uh, the Christian proselytizing movement. Uh, so, let's move, the, let's move on to the third example. Uh, in, in, in the third example, uh, Jeera Swami, uh, another very prominent person from the Ramanuja lineage, uh, he is the one who is having, uh, who done a lot of good work in having these problems. So, tell us uh, tell us about him.
1: Uh, the Jir Swami, uh, he is uh, popularly known as the Manargudi Jair uh, Swami because uh, of the town where his mutt is based. Uh, right from the time he has taken over uh, as the pontiff of this mutt, he has been quite, uh, uh, quite interested in performing, uh, uh, in, in in reaching out to Dalit people, especially the most marginalised, and visiting their homes, conducting pujas, meeting their children. Uh, and uh, many other activities of this sort. He has also been very outspoken against conversion, which is uh, something that uh, we will see a little bit more of, and how it is relevant to what we are saying. Now, uh, he has uh, met children uh, in the from the uh, Dalit colonies. He has actually visited people, reached out to them, spoken to them, taught them. I mean, there are they listen to their bhajans. And uh, breaking the shackles of his particular sampradaya without compromising his duties as a religious leader. But at the same time, in reaching out to these people, he has gone and given the pancha samskara, uh, a particular ordina- ordainment or ordination for uh, lay Vaishnavas, Sri Vaishnavas. He has given the pancha samskara to hundreds of people across communities. And here we also see that there is absolutely no difference among people uh, in, inside the mutts premises. So, everybody is welcome to come and pay respects to the Swami in his mutt, and everybody is served prasadam equally in the mutt. A critical part of uh, the JR Swami's outreach to Dalit people has been social help and helping them out. Here, uh, we are actually seeing the Swami going to Dalit colonies in the Kadalur district during the 2015 floods, and the people who worked for him in the mud and volunteers, he coordinated the relief efforts personally. Uh, he went there personally to people's places and, uh, and helped them out during the floods. Uh, this is a problem for certain interests simply because natural calamities are seen as a very good opportunity to convert. An example is the 2004 tsunami during, after which it was widely documented that many coastal communities had converted en masse to Christianity. Now, a Swami actually taking part in relief activities on the ground in floods becomes a big problem
0: for people who convert. So, tell us how and why he was attacked for doing these kind of things. So, uh, last month in
1: June, the Swami, while traveling, noticed cattle which were being transported and in a manner which was not following the rules, they were just packed too much, uh, too tightly together. So he and the people with him just asked the people to stop that. And he took the uh, cattle and the vehicle in which the cattle was being transported to the police station and asked the police to file a complaint and have the cattle transported to wherever they were going in proper conditions. Now, when this fairly innocuous uh, incident occurs, uh, people from the Vidudalai uh, Chiritaigal Kachi, VCK, which is a, a party which claims to be uh, speaking for Dalit uh, people, uh, the communists and Islamist uh, organizations came to the police station. And to keep the Swami and his people safe, the police actually had to keep them, bring them into the police station. And even after that, even after the cattle were then shifted to another uh, transport, Uh, They were stone throwing and one person who was traveling with the Swami was injured in the stone throwing. Now, this was reported as is during the initial uh, first few uh, uh, reports, but within a week the spin had started. Now without naming the Swami, Frontline mentioned that the farmer who was transporting the cows and calves came under attack and within a week, Hindustan Times had spun was trying to spin the story where they said there was stone throwing but they didn't mention who threw the stones and who got hurt and it seemed as though so once you do that it spins as though the swami and his disciples were engaging in violence
0: so it's a it's a way of manipulating the facts and mainstream media we know does this on a on a very regular basis so let's uh, so that's a, that's another example so so far just to recap Uh, We have had one example uh, of a guru who is an Advait Vedant guru from the Adi Shankara tradition. Uh, The second example was Dvait from the Madhavacharya tradition. A third example was Vishisht from the Ramanuja tradition to show that people of various kinds, it's not an attack on one particular genre or one particular uh, intellectual tradition within the dharma, but all of these are being attacked. The common thread is that they were doing social work. My fourth example is a very prominent and important example and that is Swami Nityanand. Uh, I know Swamiji personally. I have a huge regard and respect for him and the work he is doing. Uh, he is, I, when I first got to know him I was very impressed that uh, he had developed these temples on wheels. Uh, so, the temple would, be, the, a large truck would be converted into a temple and uh, when it's driving from village to village it would be closed up. Uh, and then when it would arrive in a village they would open all the w- walls and it would become an open-air thing and they would have a le- steps going to it. It would be beautiful, very well decorated temple with lot of bhajans, music, lot of uh, singing, kirtan style. Uh, they would give medicines uh, to the people in that village. Uh, they would give prasad, uh, they would give a little pravachan, discussion, uh, answer their questions. And then they would pack up and move on to the next village. So, a truck uh, would go have a route every week uh, to visit a certain number of villages in Tamil Nadu. And they targeted uh, the districts with heavy proselytizing uh, and heavy this uh, anti-dharma activism. And I was very impressed uh, by what they were doing. Uh, In fact, uh, some of us were raising funds to sponsor these trucks, these mobile Uh, temple on wheels concept because we felt that, uh, actually we found that the places where Swamiji's temple on wheels were going were able to reverse the proselytizing. Uh, They, they, the church could not compete against something so important. The church puts a temple, a church in every village and Swamiji instead of uh, us having to raise so much funds to put a mandir in every village and a pujari in every village, Uh, we put in our wheels and have a mobile unit. So, one temple on wheels could compete against, um, you know, 100, 200 churches because it could visit lots of places. And so, uh, so this is a very difficult thing for the church to (laughs) figure out because it hit them pretty hard. And then there was a very important event in uh, Swamiji's ashram in Birdi near Bangalore where people from all these villages that had come back to our community, come back to Hinduism, marched for days, for one or two days and nights, they have stopped along the way. They were all wearing white, they were all, you know, men, so many men, there were so many women in different groups coming from different villages almost like a, like some Republic Day Parade kind of a thing but a very spiritual version. And they were coming and each of them would bring their whole chariot, their their mandir and all that uh, on wheels. Uh, to kind of show solidarity. So, it was like, a, like a, you know, like you see a Kumbh Mela where all the different groups get together. So, this is Swamiji's version of that. I was very impressed by this. Um, but then, of course, these kinds of activities and being very in the face open about the criticism of breaking India forces brought a huge amount of persecution. So, I want to show you um, the, the, in the next slide, also in the next slide, also I want to show you a lot of social projects during calamities, a lot of food distribution, uh, and 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 in every one of these programs that Swamiji has, uh, you know, people people like myself pay a very hefty fee, and we should because it's outstanding work. But people should remember that for every one person like me or or any of you guys who are. Uh, 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 privileged enough to go there and uh, you know attend these program. For every one of us, there are several others who are underprivileged that get in free. So this money is also being distributed. The the funding that comes from those who can afford, it's almost like uh, you know take fees from those who can afford and also help those who cannot afford. So this is this is essentially what socialism tries to achieve, but is not able to achieve. But Dharma here in this case is achieving. The objective that socialism wants to achieve, but just doesn't have the ability to do so, and this is volunteer. It's not like forced taxation, uh, like in the socialist system. It's appealing to people's dharmic sensibilities that you should help the, uh, the the Swamiji's organization because of all the good work he's doing, and people like to do that. So Swamiji has a very large amount of outreach for spiritual, you know, messages to the underprivileged, education, food. Medical, all, all sorts of uh, relief. Now, I want to show you the persecution that started. Swamiji was accused of all sorts of things. Uh, he was accused of, uh, uh, you know, sex with a person when that person herself said no such thing happened. Okay, so third parties are insinuating uh, that somebody is a victim, but the so called victim is not uh, saying that I'm a victim. Uh, this, there is a large amount of these. Uh, Some people said that he has a tiger skin, which is banned, but it was considered, it was found to be not uh, really tiger skin, but a a kind of uh, uh, you know, an artificial something looking like a skin. So, in this way, uh, then there were allegations that uh, he's uh, taken property, but then it was found after a lot of investigation that all the titles were belonging to him. People had donated these, and those people were willing to come up and say yes. So, one after another, over a hundred cases that were filed against him were removed, were finished off in courts. So, you cannot say that a hundred different cases and so many judges and courts are all sort of biased because this is scattered across time and space, some in Karnataka, some in Tamil Nadu and so on. Now, the interesting thing is that the media were so angry at him that they just went on and on broadcasting uh, fake videos. Videos that had been morphed, that had been doctored up. Later on it was found by forensic experts that these videos were doctored up. But they were, for several months they just went on and on. And this was a media persecution. And the police stupidly sided with the media and assumed that the media knows more about uh, prosecuting a case than a court does. So, while the court process took a while, several few years, to clean up all the, all the smear campaign. Uh, but the damage had been done already. So, I was, uh, I was involved in the different stages. I don't, I mean, I don't want to repeat all the details of what all happened. But I have given you a sense of it. I want to show you a video where the person, uh, somebody from the, the, the Sun TV, a prominent TV in Tamil Nadu uh, later on confesses and later on is found to have uh, doctored up all this evidence. Uh, 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 that, that, they, that he had relied upon fake videos. And this is a very big TV station. They ought to be prosecuted. I mean, they ought to be taken to the cleaners for that. Because this this is this should be unacceptable. I'll show you a little video uh, with the English subtitles. So, please watch. nithyananda CD Vivakaratil Sun TV Panam Paripu Velayil Yudupattu Thakavum, Tholil Adhi matum Prabalankali Mirati Panam Paripu Velayil, Sun TV Thudarundu Yudupattu Veruva Thakavum, Pugaarkoori Ullnaar.
1: अंदर न्यूज़ एडिटरों अंदर डिपार्टमेंट ले कर आलों आउंगे वो पन्ना वाले मेनेटल नाड़कं दां नित्यानंदा team network tamil nadu full article factory factory are the so the point i want to make
0: the point i want to make is uh, why uh, we've, t- we've seen four cases and and uh, and uh, 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 thank you for bringing up these, uh, bringing this issue and uh, yeah. uh, working with me systematically for many back and forth, we went to make sure we got all the information valid. Uh, to bring out these four examples which are part of a bigger issue. I think uh, uh, what we want to raise is Hindus are being persecuted, the media is involved in this persecution, the NGOs are involved and certain governments like, uh, like the, the one of uh, Jai Alita was involved, we hope this thing changes. And the, my, my closing comment is, why haven't Hindus come together to help each other? Why is it that when a particular guru or a swami is attacked in this way, he has to face it alone? He is alone facing it. Others, uh, others either leave, avoid, ignore or at best they will privately support but don't want to get themselves in trouble. So, what has happened is that the enemy has succeeded in dividing us. The enemy has succeeded in putting fear in us, so we can't even stand up for each other, and therefore uh, the, the expectation is after after we've been fragmented and divided up, they pick up, they take take us one by one, isolate each one one at a time, and finish us off. And that's we that is how India lost its freedom. Uh, uh, India lost its freedom when the rajas, the rulers, were treated in this way, and they allowed themselves to get divided and fighting each other. And now they realize that. Uh, the real fabric, the foundation that keeps the nation together are the Hindu gurus. The Hindu gurus and the, the Hindu dharma, the temples, the ashrams uh, and and so now the same process is being carried out to divide these people up, fragment them, take them on one by one, make accusations which are so hard, so negative that other gurus also will decide to distance themselves. So, I, I uh, some weeks ago I made an appeal on behalf of Art of Living because they were being attacked. And I reminded that they should, uh, we should help them but they should also help others. Uh, and now I am saying that I'm giving, we are giving four other examples which are, which are very prominent, all of them are well known. So, I would like to see uh, more support from the Hindu Dharma Acharya Sabha, okay? Which Swami Dayanand Saraswati set up uh, and, and I played a role there in the early years. Uh, uh, but Swamiji is gone and there are other people running it and I would really think that they ought to take this job. And there should be just bilateral friendship among gurus regardless of ideological uh, issues. They may follow different lineages and different sampradayas but so what? When there is an attack on one, others should come to their defense. With that I will close and thank you very much Surendranathji for your help. Thank you. Thank I want to tell my Honor followers that these shows take a lot of resources. Both here in New Jersey, where we are doing all the editing and the technology, and and also in India, where the data is being gathered. Uh, And then we we market this. So, we need your support. So, please do go to our website, infinityfoundation.com, and go to donate and be generous. We need your support. There is only so much we can do ourselves. We will continue as long as we get the community supporting us. Thank you very much.